You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Hello and thank you for joining us this week here on the Neutral Zone. I'm Phil Milani, joined as always by Eric Dalala, And a little bit later on, we'll be joined by our intern, Zach Peerless. We have a great show in store for you on this holiday week. We'll be going over New Year's resolutions for the Denver Broncos, things that we think that uh, the team would look forward to uh, maybe changing around in the new year. Uh, Eric, I know that uh, you always like to make a couple of uh, New Year's resolutions yourself. Yeah, you gotta you gotta stick to them. You can't just you can't make them and then break them. Important to have some self discipline. Exactly, exactly. Let's not get too far ahead here. Have you been looking at my list for uh, resolutions? I checked it twice, Phil. Oh, nice, nice. So the way this will work is I'll be going over the resolutions, and uh, Eric and uh, well, Zach's already heard a couple of these here, so oh, Eric he's got will a, be he's got a sneak peek. Yes, exactly, exactly. So should we get started? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the number one is uh, obvious: get healthy. Yeah, that's true. I uh, that would make sense. I think in particular, Emmanuel Sanders, Chris Harris Jr. going down uh, after that Cincinnati game. Chris Harris obviously getting hurt in that game. And then Emmanuel Sanders tearing his Achilles in practice. The Broncos weren't able to recover from that. They haven't won since that time. You know, Phil, teams all over the league are dealing with injury issues this time of year. You had Ron Leary go down earlier. You had Matt Paradis. Uh, Jared Valdir missed some time. But for the Broncos, those two, Chris Harris and Emmanuel Sanders, really hurt them they were the team kind of lost some of the talent it needed to keep up with other teams they've got to be better in that department a little bit luckier in 2019 I think yeah and I think particularly on the offensive side of the ball they really lost uh, so, so many members of their offensive line they lost both tight ends they had coming into the season Emmanuel Sanders I mean after they traded away Demarius Thomas you thought okay this team probably has enough playmakers to get through the year but the injuries just started to pile on. And, of course, the most recent one, Philip Lindsay, hearing that it's going to be months of rehab now for Philip Lindsay. Hopefully he's back by the time OTA start. Um, but uh, a tough injury to, for Philip Lindsay, tough way to really end his rookie season. Yeah, you feel bad for him because he's certainly within range of Dominic Rhodes uh, to break that all-time undrafted rookie mark. It's not going to happen now. I think he needed 68 yards or something like that. So certainly could have happened. Unfortunate for him that it's not going to. I think one thing that does play in Phillips' favor is that he doesn't have to come in in OTAs and prove that he deserves a roster spot. They're going to know based on what he did this year that he deserves to be with the team. And so he's going to enter say he can't participate in OTAs, which we don't know right now, but if he cannot, he's going to go into training camp as a guy that maybe, I mean, he should still probably be the starter going into training camp, uh, you know, assuming some sort of crazy roster moves don't happen in the offseason. So he's a guy at least that has a proven spot on this team. He was maybe their best offensive weapon all year, so he doesn't have to worry about, you know, fighting for a job at least. Yeah, one of the things that everybody around the team has said is that Philip Lindsay's one of the toughest guys on the team. You know, when you're his size, you have to be tough to make it in the NFL. And he certainly did hold up. Cortland Sutton was saying earlier today that um, he's a guy who 
Philip Lindsay's a guy who you wouldn't know anything was wrong with him, whether it's the bumps and bruises or the wrist injury. You don't hear him complain. You don't hear that anything's wrong with him. He was a guy who was saying after the game that he wants to be ready to go uh, for the season finale, and obviously he's not going to be able to do that. But, yeah, it is a tough way to end, especially, um, you know, against a team like the Oakland Raiders, who he, you know, as much as anybody else, gets really up for every game. But especially for Oakland, he grew up a Broncos fan. He really, really wanted to go in there and prove, you know, that he is a deserving pro bowler, which he certainly is. And it is unfortunate that he won't be able to play in that game. Yeah, Phil, I think that New Year's resolution seems to – it requires a little bit of luck. I don't know how much the Broncos can do. Yeah. Well, well, as you'll find out, a lot of the things on this list also apply to just everyday people, not just a football. So team. you got to get healthy. So get healthy. I think. I see. Sometimes uh, after you've uh, I get it now. gone a little overboard in the holidays, hey, maybe that's time to just be a little bit healthier in the new year. Yeah. Cut cut down a little bit. Lose some pounds. Exactly. Exactly. Got it. So. Uh, this is the New Year's resolution edition of the Neutral Zone. So number one was get healthy. Number two, stop hitting the snooze button. Uh, in reference to the Broncos, that's uh, let's get off to some faster starts, especially on offense. Wow. I like that. That that would be a tough one for me. I enjoy a good snooze button every now and then. But and so does this Broncos offense. Oh, whew. The Broncos need to stop. You know, I think I saw a tweet uh, maybe by our pal Rhino Halloran. Friend of the show. Friend of the pod. The Broncos have scored 50 first-half points over their last seven games, an average, obviously, of just over seven points a half. That's not going to do it. Uh, The defense has played really well at times and has made it so that you're in games. Obviously, that wasn't the case against Oakland or San Francisco a few weeks ago. Uh, But generally against the Chargers, against the Steelers, against the Bengals, the offense wasn't a do, doing a lot, but the uh, the defense was able to keep them in games. But if they're going to be a playoff contender in 2019, they've got to score more points. You've got to score 28 points a game now in the NFL to to really go 10 and six, 11 and five. You can't be putting up the 19 points a game that the Broncos are, and that starts early in the game, setting the tone, Phil, so that you can do what you want. If you want to run the ball, but you're falling behind 10 points or you're not scoring until the third quarter. You can't do what you want to do. You can't let Von Miller and Bradley Chubb go after the quarterback. They had no sacks because the Raiders got ahead. Yeah, and, you know, just to give it a little bit of perspective, going into the game on Monday night, the Raiders had the worst scoring defense in the entire NFL. They were giving up around 30 points a game, and the Broncos were shut out in the first half. So that just gives you a little bit of perspective on what's going on with this Broncos offense. And, um, you know, it's been a, a little bit of a repeat scenario the last couple of weeks where the offense goes out there, struggles to get anything going. The defense is just really trying to do something. And the offense goes through this little bit of attitude change throughout, especially in the first half where it's like, all right, we got this, we got this, we got this. Okay, we're going to be able to get it. We're going to get it going. And then all of a sudden, man, like, why am I not getting the ball? Or, man, what's going on? So, like, frustration's starting to mount. And then before you know it, they're, they've dug themselves a hole. And uh, it's a little too late for them to get out of it. When you look at the really good offensive teams, they seem to convert when it matters most or in the big moments. The Broncos, for example, had that fourth and one. And then I don't know if Case Keenum lost the play clock or, or what happened. But the Broncos had a delay a game penalty that made them have to punt. And now all of a sudden, instead of getting a chance in Raiders territory, they give the ball up. And so those are the types of situations that really good teams, playoff teams, they don't make those mistakes. Uh, 
offensively, you know, you also have to convert third downs uh, when it matters. Make those big plays. Cortland had a Cortland Sutton had a long pass thrown to him. Looked like he was going to have a forty-something yard gain and drop the ball. You know, those those things seem small or seem uh, maybe it's one play here or there, but that's the difference between scoring, you know, fourteen points or scoring twenty-four points, and that's the difference between winning these games and losing them. Yeah, absolutely, and I think especially for this Broncos team, uh, you know, the don't hit the snooze button. The big thing for the Broncos in their successful games has been they were able to keep up or have an advantage through the first 30 minutes or so, and then they were able to run the ball with Philip Lindsay, run the ball with Royce Freeman, uh, use play action off of that run game with Case Keenum, which is probably where he's best suited. Um, you know, this is no longer an offense that's really suited to – throw the ball down the field and air it out, especially given the injury to Emmanuel Sanders. And then, Eric, I think you brought up a good point about you know, wow. the good team. Thanks, Zach. Also, I want to mention really quickly, I was the one who came up with don't hit the stews button. I also came up with all the other ones except for <laughs> get healthy. Phil, you might have had one or two in there. It was a team effort. We teamed up to make it work. Um, I was going to say Take the mic away. Or Phil takes my mic. Um, you mentioned this is a league where the best teams are able to put up points, you know, those 28 points. That's a pretty good threshold. Of the top 10 scoring teams in the league this year, nine of them are in the playoffs. The one that's not is Pittsburgh, which still has a chance to make it. So you mentioned the best teams are the ones that can put up those big numbers. Even Chicago's in that top 10 in points per game. So when you even think of the really good defensive teams, they're still putting up, you know, Chicago, 26 and a half points a game. They're still putting up big numbers on the offensive end, and Denver just hasn't been able to do that. A wise person once said you have to score more points than the other team to win the game. Yeah. Did you say that? Well, I would I, say that. I yeah. will say I do think that come playoff time, uh, there's going to be a really low scoring game, and a, and a defensive play is going to make the difference. And uh, uh, just like speaking like off the top of my head, you saw a team like uh, the Rams go and play Chicago a couple of weeks ago. And Chicago's a very stout defensive team, and that was a low-scoring game, and they won. So, and it, come playoff time, you got to be able to win a variety of ways. The Chiefs just went to Seattle and, and couldn't put up the the normal points that they do. Exactly. I think you felt it there. Yeah, defense defense comes alive yeah. in January. Some other wise person once told me that defense wins championships. Huh? I've heard that. Sort of interesting. All right. Yeah, I I would say one other thing uh, in response to Zach talking about the the halftime leads. Maybe not just hit the snooze button, but be on time, be timely. It's really the Broncos just – oh, am I jumping ahead? No, you're not. The Broncos uh, – there's been a bunch of different scenarios where the Broncos haven't been able to be on time and be timely. You think about the Chiefs game where you have a 10-minute lead with four minutes left and you blow that one. Or you think about you know jumping ahead on the Ravens and not being able to hold it. So I think it's more – Early is a problem, but I think more just when the time is right, you have to be able to make those plays. They weren't able to do that on offense this year. Okay, let's uh, continue here on our resolution show. For number one was get healthy. Number two, stop hitting the snooze button. Number three, okay, well. Snooze. Let's get, let's get back to Zach's thing. We came up with these together, Zach. So, like, let, let's, let's just be real, okay? Do you think All Zach right. knows that when he talks but doesn't have a microphone that nobody <laughs> can hear him? Okay. Number three is be more disciplined slash get organized. Wow. Which is a big get thing organized. for a lot of people. Get organized. And this is um, specifically for about penalties. Penalties? Okay. Which you brought up earlier there. But 
the Broncos' attention to detail, not always right there. You know, the delay of game. We saw for the second week in a row, 12 men on the field penalty, uh, false starts. These kind of things just need to get cleaned up for the Broncos to be a successful team in 2019. Yeah, and uh, another uh, Ryan O'Halloran tweet. I do, hey. follow, I do follow other people on Twitter. It doesn't sound like yeah, it. Yeah, I, I do. But I think it was the second most penalties and the second most penalty yards the Broncos had this year. Um, I'm going to assume that Baltimore Ravens game was one where you, you really gave it away because of penalties. So, yeah, cl- clean up the detail there. Another area special teams we saw on Monday night, an attention to detail would have would have helped quite a bit. I mean, if you're able to secure that ball or, um, I don't know, some of these gunners are able to stop some of these Colby Wadman punts from going into the end zone, you flip field position a bunch of different times, you certainly don't allow that 99-yard touchdown. So special teams is another place where that attention to detail, getting organized, could, organized. could help out. Attention to detail. I just think that these little things, if you clean them all up, make a big difference in the end. I mean, they might not seem like big things at the time, but like, who knows what happens if the Broncos are able to go for it on that fourth down play or just little things over over the course of an entire season, you th- they come back and bite you. Yeah, and we think of, I mean, you think of coaches across the NFL or really across sports that have their teams in the playoffs every year. They don't make those little mistakes. You think of guys like Nick Saban or Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich or, I don't know, Mel Tucker. Uh, those are the guys that... Uh, that really have their teams disciplined. Bill Belichick, obviously, in the NFL is one of those guys where you don't see them make those small mistakes and they seem to always be prepared. And then when the when the uh, games get close, the other team almost seems to beat themselves. And if you just play smart, disciplined, organized football, you're going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, you mentioned, I think this is a really good point, this New Year's resolution made by Phil. Good one, Phil. Uh, The 12-man penalty, for example, that's one where it was second down and 10. Um, I believe it was Todd Davis was about two steps short of the sideline. Uh, It was an incomplete pass. The Raiders would have been facing third and 10. And, you know, Derek Carr was a guy who was getting the ball out of his hands quickly. They did not convert a ton of third and longs on Monday night. So, that's one of those things where the difference between a second and five where the playbook is completely open, you can run the ball, you can go off play action, and third and ten where it's certainly a passing down. Five uh, yards, too. Right, exactly. Very good. Uh, you know, it's just those little things in those key moments. You know, it's one thing to have a 12-man a on first and ten, or it's one, you know, or to have a false start when the offense is on the field and it's first and ten. It's another thing to give up a positive play simply because you were – two steps too slow. Uh, That fourth and one play you mentioned, and I think Phil and I were discussing this earlier, there have been a few times this year where uh, the defenses look confused coming out of timeouts even. Uh, Guys are late coming onto the field, late getting off the substitutions, um, are you know not as fluid as you would like to see, especially after a 30-second or a one-minute break. Um, so it's just those little things. You know, football is a game where you have you know 20 or 30 seconds, sometimes more, between plays to make sure you have the exact personnel, the exact groupings, the exact play call. And we've seen, I think, too many times this year, you know, guys are running off the field late or guys are communicating you know one or two seconds before the snap and it's caused some big plays I remember a couple of weeks a few weeks ago uh in San Francisco that George Kittle 85 yard touchdown it just looked like guys were scrambling all over the place and then it ended up uh with a broken coverage and it's those little things those few seconds those few missteps that cost you plays and then those few plays cost you games 
yeah, Phil, I don't know if you could hear this down on the field during the uh, that 12 men penalty. From where we were in the press box, somebody had a whistle in the crowd, and so I didn't even think that play counted because somebody blew the whistle three times, and I was oh. like, oh, it doesn't even matter. And then I looked up flag on the field. It could you could you hear that down no, there? I couldn't hear it. Hmm. Sometimes I will say I do hear an errant whistle here or there, but if you're a player, I think when you're out on the field, you know which one's the ref whistle. You can tell you which can one. Tell which the difference? Yeah, interesting. Just uh, no, I'm serious. I do think that you could tell the difference. Uh, That'd be a good uh, little like sports science test. Exactly. You blow but, a bunch of different whistles, and then which one's the ref's whistle? I do agree with uh, Zach, though. There have been sometimes where you notice like. I think it happened the other night where the Raiders called timeout and then their offensive grouping came out onto the field and then the Broncos called timeout right after that. So you're like, well, some of those things you just kind of makes you scratch your head. We've seen that happen a couple of times in the red zone where it seems like there's a little bit of disorganization. So get organized. You have a yeah. lot of New Year's resolutions. I tend to try to keep it to like one or two. Well, uh, I like don't freak out at work have, and have a six and nine. Yeah. You're going to have to have a few resolutions. That's true. Not very nice. Okay, so let's go over it again. Get healthy. Stop hitting the snooze button. Get more organized. Attention to detail. Discipline. Those are kind of all going to one thing. Number four, give your best effort all the time. And this is to, in regards to uh, having some of the younger guys, younger guys be more consistent. You know, I think that we've seen uh, them really step up and have big moments. Uh, we've seen Philip Lindsay have those big games, but recently, running game has slowed down. We've seen Bradley Chubb have a few sacks in just one game. Recently, haven't really seen him get to the quarterback that much. So, I do believe in the rookie wall. That's something that happens every single season. Definitely happened to the Broncos this year. Yeah, and I think it's important to clarify here that the kind of give your best effort all the time is probably the the one that applies to most people. We're not necessarily questioning the Broncos not players' the Broncos efforts, effort. no, right? No, 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 yeah, no. important to, important to that clarify. Was just a word play. Yeah, and I best effort all and, the time. And I did like uh, Vance Joseph on Wednesday was asked about his players' effort because there was that video of Bradley Roby from Jason, Jason Witten called him out, and Vance said, "I don't have a problem with our guys' effort. You know, all these guys get up in the booth and they think they were perfect. They forget what they were like on the field." And I kind of like the spice. Yeah, I do. I do too. And I think that Witten was a little bit off base on that particular play just because. That is how most defensive backs in this league, when they're in man coverage, they hit their guy, and then the play finishes. Bradley obviously said he thought that the play was finished. That's how almost every DB plays that in this league. Right, so effort, not necessarily the, not the a, thing, but, but in, the, in the play on it's words, it just play makes words. sense. But the, the real thing is more consistency, right. especially from younger right. guys. Like another guy, Cortland Sutton. He dropped that big ball, like you mentioned earlier in the game. Cortland Sutton, they were depending on him after they got rid of DT and uh, just maybe hasn't uh, lived up to those big expectations. Sure, and I think if you look at when those guys really started to struggle, a Cortland and a, a Philip Lindsay, it's when Emmanuel got hurt. And I think that maybe you're just asking too much of those guys in year one for Cortland to be the number one option, for Philip Lindsay to be the offense's most dynamic weapon because defenses started playing eight in the box and saying, hey, Case Keenum beat us through the air and throw to Tim Patrick and throw to Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. But you're right, Phil. I do think this this rookie class has been so good. They've got to keep it going and get better and more consistent and take that year two jump in 2019 that's the only way 
that and the addition of some more good draft picks this year is the only way you're going to be talented enough and uh, you know skilled enough to get back in the playoff conversation. Because once you're once you're in year two, you can't just have those flashes. You can't be Cortland making a deep ball catch every three weeks, or you can't be Philip Lindsay who one week will go off for 115 yards and the next week 20. You know you've you've got to be consistent enough and become. That's when you go from a good NFL player to a to a great NFL player. Yeah, I think one of the things to realize is when you have young players playing key roles, they're going to be inconsistencies. Even the consistent young players, quote unquote, they have inconsistencies. Not, you know, in general, rookies, young players, they struggle week in, week out because they're obviously, you know, a Cortland Sutton is one of the most physically skilled guys coming into this league from this year. He played where he could probably be a physically dominant player against any cornerback he played in college. Now he gets here, and you get teams that know every single weakness. They can dissect everything. You know, when you go to the NFL, players don't have to deal with class. They don't have to deal with limits on how long they can practice. So they can dissect every single part of your film um, and, you know, get those weaknesses. And so it's really hard to be consistent when these guys are consistently dissecting your weaknesses where that might not be the case in college. Uh, You know, we mentioned Cortland Sutton. I think... Like you mentioned, the thing that proves really good rookies into really great players is when they can make that year two and year three jump and they can say, this is how opponents dissected my weaknesses this year. This is where I'm going to grow on that. For Cortland Sutton, that might be, uh, you know, in his refining his route running. Some, some teams I've noticed have gotten really physical with him at the line and want to force him off his route. He can certainly get better there. Um, and I just think... When a team is good enough, when NFL teams, all NFL teams are good enough to throw a counter punch to your punch, that's when you realize, what can I do to improve on my weaknesses when every single weakness is getting broken down week in, week out? Phil, what are you looking for consistency-wise from them? I, I mentioned that. I just want to see them be able to bring it every single week. I mean, uh, when a team is game planning for you, and, and they take your, say, your number one option away. Like, hey, Corland Sun likes to run the deep ball. Okay, well, he's got to be able to run a, a, the whole route tree so that it keeps the DB guessing all the time. So, I you know, and, and it's not just him. I see Bradley Chubb. You know, he's not been able to quite get to the quarterback the same way that he was able to at the beginning of the year. And, I mean, even uh, Von Miller has not been that consistent this season. I mean, uh, he had his sack streak get snapped against the Raiders, but sometimes you always think, oh, well, Von Miller could just wreck this game. He's only wrecked a couple games this year. So, uh, you know, I just think that more consistency, just so you know, okay, every single week we're going we're gonna to have him as be a, a big option for us. Yeah, totally agree. So, Important for them to get back to the playoffs. All these things almost, they have to happen if you want to be exactly. in the conversation. And. Let's get to our uh, fifth and final resolution. This is the biggest one. Uh, let's go over them one more time here. Get healthy. Stop hitting the snooze button. Get organized, disciplined, attention to detail. That's number three. Number four, giving it your all all the time, really meaning more consistency from young guys. And number five, Eric, what's the most common resolution out there? Lose weight. Lose weight. Is that actually and it? That is it. Well, wow. And by that, we mean... Let's take a look at some of the free agents the Broncos have coming up this offseason. And uh, who are they going to keep? Who are they going to let walk out? Who's going to just choose to leave? Very interesting. Uh, wait, what are you laughing about? You don't like it? It seems dangerous. What, what's dangerous? 
the key thing here is lose bad weight, gain good weight. So we're talking about gaining muscle. That's what we talked about when we were coming up with this as a team, right? So, yeah. yeah. Zach, what are you doing, man? Why did you put this on here? <laughs> yeah, Zach, gosh. This is a good one. Let's yeah. talk about some of the free agents that yeah, the sure. Broncos have coming up. Take us we're away. Not, we're not going to say whether they should come back or not. Got it. But let's just sort of go over this list. It's pretty long. These guys are all undrafted uh, free agents. Number one, Bradley Roby. Yeah, not undrafted free agents. Uh, but, I'm sorry, uh, unrestricted free agents. Yeah. yeah my so apologies. It came out of your mouth. Just but. Philip Lindsay yeah. uh, just yeah. in my head. Yeah, Bradley Roby. Uh, I mean, I think with any of these guys that we bring up, it's do you bring them back or how I'm do you replace them? I'm talking about Bradley Roby here. Yeah. 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 Not all of them, just okay. Bradley Roby. Well, uh, I mean, Bradley Roby with, with Chris Harris, your two most senior cornerbacks that you're going to have if Bradley Roby's back. Uh, Vance Joseph talked about how much he showed improvement down the stretch. Not a true number one cornerback necessarily because the Broncos weren't having him follow like Chris Harris did. Uh, yeah, I think he took a step forward late in the season. I think you like what you saw compared to earlier in the year when maybe he struggled to adjust to that starting role in the absence of a keep to lead. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You saw them extend the fifth-year option with Bradley Roby. That was this year. Now a big decision whether or not uh, they're going to invest uh, long-term in Bradley Roby. But I think that he's come in and done everything you hoped that uh, you know a later first-round pick would do uh, at that cornerback position. Number two, Shaq Barrett. Yeah, Shaq, uh, you know, hurt, had a chance to – Vance kind of talked about this is his chance the last few weeks to show what he has. Uh, maybe we'll see something from him against the Chargers. He's a guy I think is going to draw interest on the market, uh, whether the Broncos are able to bring him back or not. Uh, but had had a few sacks this year. You know, in the past he's he blocked a punt. He's uh, had some strip sacks. So he's a talented guy, undrafted guy, Colorado State. Uh, so always nice to see those local guys stay. But for him, I think it's going to be more of an issue of can they keep him because I think he's going to have some interest out there. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And one of the reasons that I agree with you is that uh, on opponent conference calls every week, we'll ask about Von Miller and we'll ask about Bradley Chubb. And opponent and opposing coaches will always bring up, it's not just those two guys. When Shaq was healthy, they would always bring up his name and tell about how he's really, really helpful because not only is he a guy who can give Vaughn and Chubb breathers, but he can also come in there and play and give them breathers at a really, really high level. He's a guy who there's not a drop-off there, so certainly a guy who um, is going to definitely attract a lot of um, – definitely get a lot of offers other way uh, from other teams and see if he can be a guy uh, who they can afford to bring back. Yeah, there was a game earlier this year where Vance said Shaq played the best of any of our pass rushers. I think it might have been Pittsburgh, and he said, you know, Vaughn and Chubb were fine, but Shaq played the best of any of them. Did he play in that Pittsburgh game? I thought he was hurt. I think that was the last that game was the he last played game. in. Okay, got it, got it. Well, and the other thing is the emergence of a guy like Jeff Holland. He might uh, – him coming up uh, might make it interesting to see what they do with uh, Shaq Barrett, who definitely is one of uh, our favorites in the locker room, always a, a bubbly personality. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that leads right into number three, Shane Ray. Yeah, Shane's going to be an interesting one. Uh, you know, he's been inactive the last couple weeks. Uh, he was questionable on the injury report. The Broncos didn't say whether this week's inactive was performance or injury related. Wasn't on the injury report Wednesday. Uh, so if it was, it's all cleared up now. But, you know, Shane's only had one sack this year. 
probably still struggling with that wrist that he hurt back a couple years ago. And uh, when he was asked a couple weeks ago what, what's going on with Shane, uh, Vance said, you know, I don't, I don't really know why he hasn't been performing to the level, but it's clear that maybe both sides are frustrated with the lack of production. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there. I mean, ever since he got hurt at the start of that 2017 season, it's just been a long process for him to come back, and he just hasn't quite regained that uh, – level of play that he had when he first came in and even when he was playing with uh you know guys like Demarcus Ware and Von Miller. So interesting to see what they do here with Shane Ray. Uh, we'll go over just a few few more uh not going to be able to get to everybody, but what about a guy like Matt Paradis? Yeah, Matt Paradis another guy I think's going to draw interest just because he's been so successful for the Broncos, so available. We talk a lot about how availability is a skill set. Uh, and Paradis didn't miss a snap for three seasons until he got hurt this year. Um, clearly a leader in the locker room, you know, a guy that has kind of been the cornerstone of that offensive line. I don't think that Matt Paradis will necessarily would be a guy that they wouldn't want to bring back. Again, it's just a, a matter of can they you can't bring back everybody you saw that Phil after the Super Bowl 50 season where hey you would have loved to bring back a guy like Danny Trevathan or Malik Jackson or whoever and you just couldn't bring all of them back a different situation here obviously but you still can't keep every homegrown guy it does speak to the to the success that Elway has had though finding some of these late round or undrafted guys uh you know Shaq Matt Paradis those guys have they've panned out and it's kind of a compliment to Elway there that they're so desired now on the free agent market. Yeah, I think when you talk about guys being desired on the free agent market as well, Matt Paradis plays a position that recently has become a lot more popular on the free agent market. You know, uh, traditional thinking is like you've got to have your two tackles so that you can protect your quarterback. And then the inside guys, as long as they can hold up, that's okay. But now you're seeing some inside defensive players like Chris Jones, like Aaron Donald, uh, like DeForest Buckner, who we saw in San Francisco, who can wreck games from the interior. So those centers and those guards are becoming a lot more valuable. I could definitely see Matt Paradis, a guy who's certainly young enough, certainly entering his prime and going to be in his prime. He could be a guy who attracts some big numbers. So that's a key, you know, that's a really good player at a position that's becoming more and more valuable. You got one or two more, Phil? Yeah, a couple more here, but uh, one more comment here on Matt Paradis is that, you know, there's so the center and quarterback relationship there is so crucial. So Matt Paradis have a lot of success with Peyton Manning, Trevor Simeon now with uh, Case Keenum here. And it's just important to be able to call out blitzes, protections, that type of thing. And uh, we've seen Connor McGovern do a great job of that, stepping in uh, nicely there for Matt Paradis. So Matt, a guy who's uh, had some injury, uh, you know, few in serious injuries pop up here the last couple of years so um we wish that matt paradis uh, you know has a healthy speedy recovery and then uh see what happens here on the free agent market for him i'll go over a few other names here that i have on my, the um unrestricted list domata peco jared valdir tremaine brock billy turner zach kerr max garcia and then one i'd like to really talk about jeff hireman uh it'll be interesting to see if the broncos uh bring back a guy like jeff hireman yeah jeff's an interesting case and i think probably the, the most interesting of all those because he's been good over the last couple of years when he's played and you know i think he really took a step forward this year he showed some glimpses at the end of 2017 it's just kind of a question of is he healthy enough that you want to invest invest a long-term contract because you know he has had some injury concerns he tore that ACL uh the rib injury this year missed some games in 2017 but 
when healthy, he's a good veteran tight end that I think gives you some options on offense. Um, he's a guy that I could see them maybe maybe test the market and then comes back or maybe something along those lines. Right. It's going to be interesting to see what type of market he gets, I think, because you look at him and all the good qualities he has. He's a very willing and able blocker. He's a good pass catcher as well. He's got great size. He's willing to contribute however he can offensively. But then you also look at the injuries he's sustained. Um, I think certainly, you know, this type of injury, the rib injury, is something that he can come back from. It's not something that I think you have long-term worries about. So it's going to be interesting to see how other teams view him. Uh, Vance Joseph talked about as high as Jeff as he's talked about anybody. He talks about how willing Jeff has been as a blocker, as a pass catcher. We saw him have, I think, a career best day. I believe he caught 10 balls um, and had a touchdown uh, in one of his final games this year. So he's a guy who still young this is not an injury that's going to affect him long term so that's going to be an interesting one I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out and tests the waters and sees what other teams come back with yeah it's uh you know interesting that you finally saw what Jeff Hyman's capable of the guy that they drafted that they brought in here you saw what they they saw in him you know uh, John Elway's staff and uh uh interesting I I bet you uh, Jeff Hyman is a guy that uh they really try hard to make sure he sticks around. I think he complements Jake Butt really well, too. And tight end is a position that the Broncos are definitely going to have to uh, address. You know, Matt Lacoste has done a nice job. So um, we've seen when Matt Lacoste or Hireman was he- were healthy, that's a, pos- that's a spot that this offense really likes to uh, utilize. Yeah, Case Keenum very comfortable throwing to the tight ends. Uh, but it's going to be an unproven room again next year because you've got a bunch of guys coming back off injuries. You know, Jake Budd, another ACL tear. Jeff Hireman, not a long-term concern with the ribs, but a guy could or could not be back. The tight end room could look very different in 2019. And, you know, when, when the team struggles, you got to make changes. And so there's a lot of unrestricted free agents here. You know, the Broncos will have a significant amount of money to make some moves here uh, this offseason. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they let some of these guys walk away and maybe try and go after some bigger-name free agents and try to make a splash here. So um, it'll be interesting to see what the Broncos do come free agency. going to be a busy March and April for sure. You know, you got to make changes in the offseason to improve, and, you know, that starts with the free agent free agent process i mean we could tell that elway was fired up last year after five and eleven now coming off what's either going to be a six and ten or seven and nine season i don't think he's going to enjoy too much the like picking that high again being having another losing season so if we know john elway said he's going to try to make a fix to we can get out of this and get back to the winning tradition that the broncos are used to we know the broncos will do whatever it takes to win whatever it takes exactly exactly so let's go over uh, the resolutions here one more time uh yeah what are they one is get healthy two stop hitting the snooze button three get organized discipline attention to detail those type of things three giving it your all all the time can i just say it's funny that you just said three twice after attention to detail. I'm sorry, was number the, four. That's kind of ironic. Getting it, you're all all the time. I'm sorry, number four. Five. Number six might be a hey, <laughs> make sure you say. Uh, number six. Someone count. pick up Eric's body from, <laughs> from the conference and room. Number four, giving it your all all the time, speaking about the consistency with the younger guys. And number five, the one that uh, is the most common out there, lose weight. 
I know that Zach's going to be hitting the gym here right after we're done recording. This. Zach's always in the gym. going to be missing Phil in the gym. It's going to be really tough. I, Phil inspires me in the gym, obviously. I throw some racks around in there, you know? Yeah. Phil, I'm the sure. sleeves. I'm sure. You know how we like to yeah, fill Take the, the pack. Phil, the sleeves. All right, uh, uh, Eric, what are your plans for uh, New Year's Eve? I guess we'll see. You know, uh, the day after a game, always always busy around headquarters the day after exactly. the final uh, game. Locker room lock, clear out. Locker room clean out, exactly. The players kind of look ahead to next year. Some of these free agents could be talking about if they're going to be back or not. Uh, so interesting times then for sure. And then, you know, we'll celebrate ringing the new year. Some nectar. Can you make it up to midnight? Like you can stay awake? Uh, I have made it once out of the last two years. Really? Yeah. That's a 50% so success rate. So straight to we're going to flip a coin. To bed. Yeah. Do you have, do you like the Ryan Seacrest show, or are you a different? I miss Dick Clark doing it. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> uh, I will say one time uh, when I was in college, I did go to Times Square, and it was very cool. It seems like the worst experience in the world because you're stuck in all those people. Like, if you need to go to the bathroom, you leave that crowd, and then you're never getting you anywhere can't. close. Because they, they well, what they do is they put you in pens. You can't go to the bathroom. And the yeah, if you leave your pen, you can't go back into your pen. So. <laughs> You're done. You leave your home. You're done. <laughs> you do good for your home. Um, you know what I would uh, uh, equate it to? You know how like living in the dorms is fun, but uh-huh. like, but you don't really want to do it again. You're like, that was fun. The f- well, Zach, I did Zach, it. would you yeah. go back? <laughs> Zach, would you go back to live <laughs> in the dorms? This is how I feel. I felt it was like living in the dorms, and then afterward, I was like, that was a really fun year. I don't want to do that again, though. Same kind ever of thing again. Yeah. I'm happy that I did it once, but I, I don't really need to do it again. Did you only live in the dorms for one year? Yeah. Wow. How many years did you live in a dorm? Twice. Two years. So you mm. did want to do it. <laughs> I, I loved it. <laughs> I uh, I lived in a dorm one year, and I I agree with that, although I think that if you get the right people in your dorms, then you'll be all right. So, like, this were metaphor you, has gone too far. By, if you were surrounded by people that you know and love, yeah, it's one thing. My New Year's Eve, uh, I'm going to try to make it up till midnight. I'm getting kind of old. We need one of those. (laughs) 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 Kind of sounds real, like I did it. it. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like Like a kazoo? No, you know that little thing you blow and then it It, it comes out. Yeah. (laughs) We need one of those right now. Do you have one? (laughs) I think you. I think you have one. Let's hear. I have one right here. Yeah, let's hear it. (laughs) Nice, nice. I like. Mine's a little bit louder than yours. I think mine's broken. Yeah. I think yeah. I checked out. Yeah, get, get that one checked out. All right, well, uh, that's going to do it for us, I think. I think it are should. We, are I we think ready it should. to wrap this thing up? I think we should. Zach, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you on here uh, after the closeout of the season next year. You'll still be around, right? I will be around, and I am anxiously looking forward to the next appearance. Eagerly. Anxiously Eager. is uh, Eager. kind of scared. Anxious. Eagerly is excited. I will say thank you for your collaboration on coming up with the uh, resolutions. Should I go over them one more? No, no, no. We've I, done think, it a I think we've. <laughs> okay. What if you did them in reverse alphabetical okay. order? Uh, any shout outs for this week before we go? Oh, my gosh. Swanson. Not much going on in the community. No, Liz the community, uh, the lobby is dark. The community offices are dark. Yeah. Liz Manis is off holidaying. Holidays. Uh, in your, back in your neck of the woods. 
Yeah, the East Coast. Yeah. Some would say <laughs> that. Some would say all of the East Coast is yeah. my neck of the woods. Yeah. No. New York, not not Old York. Well, she was in New York, which is the East Coast, and now yeah. she's in North Carolina, which is also the East which Coast, which is the South. Got it. Okay. Well, Very different. Hard to say. Yeah. Maybe we'll get some Bojangles sweet tea back uh, next week. Bojangles, sweet. official <laughs> sponsor of the neutral zone. If you've made it this far in uh, in the podcast, please tweet at us and settle this debate that Eric and I have had for a long time. Not you, Swanson. North Carolina and that area of the country is referred to as the South, much different than what you would consider the East Coast, which is New York City, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. Interesting. Yeah, very very curious how, like, there's a coast that's on the east side of the country. It's just odd. Okay, but what I'm saying is, does the East Coast end at Washington, D.C.? I think parts of I think yeah, parts of Virginia. Is, what you would consider the uh, the traditional East Coast, right? But that's around Washington D.C. Places can be multiple things. Like North Carolina is the East Coast and the South. D.C. I would say is the Mid Atlantic and the East Coast, just like Pennsylvania. But we're not going to solve this debate here today. Yeah, maybe they'll tweet Please. us. Not Please Swanson. Us. Swanson. Uh, I saw a nice picture of an airplane that he uh, he drew. We were stuck on the tarmac in Oakland for a while before we were able to head back. Swanson did a nice little portrait, some oil painting. Um, it's beautiful. We can we can auction off on the neutral zone, maybe coming up. I don't know what you think about that. His artistic abilities, out of this world. You're gonna get yourself fired, Zach. He does have a great art capabilities, great pastime uh, when we were just sitting there on the tarmac. That's true. Uh, you know, I thought it was nice to spend the it was the wee hours of Christmas Eve with with friends and coworkers and yeah. also the Zach. Wee hours would be the early morning of Christmas Eve, which was well, I was in my hotel room. The I think the that was probably the wee hours of Christmas Day. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, perhaps you were in your hotel room. <laughs> I was out celebrating with Santa. Yeah. yeah. Santa comes on Christmas Eve at night. It's not the wee hours of Christmas Eve, which is the morning time. I think it's not I, following. I'm with, I'm with Phil on this one. Um, but I was wondering, did you guys see Santa while you were flying? Yeah, I tweeted uh, that we were going to pass him. NORAD Santa Tracker uh, confirmed that we did, in fact, cross paths. Yeah. We saw him seven times. Oh, my God. Yeah, kind of a marginal amount of times. I've never seen him in my whole life. Wow. He's always gone by the time I wake up. Shame. It's tough. tough. Uh, And then any other shout-outs, podcast supervisor, uh, great job. Happy holidays to the podcast supervisor. Yes. (laughs) We're just closing up the year. This is the the part of the show where Zach devolves into giggles. uh, um, What would you call that, like the supervisor family? Yeah, well, we're the podcast family. family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've got a photo right. to prove it. Yeah, that's true. We have a nice photo. Maybe that'll we'll be. That maybe one. that'll be the thumbnail for uh, this week's <laughs> yeah. podcast. Uh, maybe, maybe. All right, and then uh, Eric, where can everybody watch? Oh man, or this listen. is. I'm sorry. Listen, this is my favorite part of the show. Yeah, you can find us on TuneIn. I've heard TuneIn. I've heard TuneIn. A new place called Stitcher. Stitcher. Zach Never listens really to us it. on Spotify, which doesn't seem possible. That's not true anymore. Got it. They just took Maybe it off. Last week they took it off. Ago, it was true. And then I recommend listening on the uh, the iTunes podcast app. ITunes podcast. That's a that's a classic. Okay, I think that's good. It's not the one with the gold package with the elephant on the front. 
It's the purple one with the microphone. Yes, the yeah. purple one. Yeah, not the gold package with the elephant on no, the front. No. Don't do yeah. that one. That's not it. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> mm. right. Well, uh, uh, that's, this has been our uh, New Year's resolution. New edition. Year's, new Broncos. Neutral zone. Neutral zone, yeah, Neutral exactly. Zone. Neutral zone. Wow. That's alliteration right there. I don't think it is. New. What was the other one you said? Zone. No, no, no. No, no. no, no. New no, no, year, no. new neutral zone. Yeah. See? <laughs> it kind of works. We're going to go back to the office and look up we and alliteration. And I'm going to learn what we is and Phil's going to learn what alliteration we? is. The we hours. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. W-E-E. Correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I think you know what W-E means. Yeah. There's no I in team. Uh, new, neutral. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Let's uh, close the show. Make sure to follow uh, at Eric Delala with an A. Yeah. You know, I was Eric. closing in on uh, another benchmark on Twitter, and then I lost a couple of followers on Christmas Eve of all times. Well, a couple of Scrooges out Some there. Some Grinches. They yeah. stole my Twitter followers. Ah, uh, humbug. Yeah. Kind of sad. So. Okay. At Zach Peerless, right? Yeah. But you, you only need to follow him like for underscore like a week or, or so because once he's – you're going to all unfollow. Zach underscore peerless. Yeah. yeah. See? Some alliteration. You, one would say that Zach is peerless. He's in a class of his own. That's true. Very – A league of their own. Yes. And then also at Phil Milani, traditional spelling, no underscore, none of that kind of thing. Well, just play the classics. Play the hits. Play the hits. All right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you for listening this week here on – the, the holiday, the, the neutral zone. Zach, uh, close us out with the cat sound. <laughs> <laughs>